0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining dolphin news, insight and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. All right, with me is Lewis Vergoni. Hello Dolphin's. fans. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the Dolphins trade history. We'll go back in time and look at some of these trades and uh, kind of analyze them a little bit and see what we think about them. This should be fun. It should be. Yeah I'm going to start off way back in
0: 67. Quarterback three Mike. Yeah I know. <laughs> I was seven. You were seven. I was three. Okay.
1: Quarterback John Stofa to Cincinnati for um, a first round pick, the 27th pick, and the second round pick, the 54th pick. Stofa started seven games in Cincinnati, while the 27th pick was Doug Crusan, who played tackle for us for 82 games, starting 68.
0: Mm-hmm. Not a bad trade. Not um, a bad trade. Well, Stofa never amounted to much in Cincinnati, so, um, you know, as far as uh, Quarterbacking goes so that was a pretty solid trade, yeah. Uh, still in
1: 67, they this was a, a fairly large trade that they, they sent, uh, let's see, uh, Earl Faison, uh, Cookie Gilcrest, Ernie Park, and George Wilson Jr. to Denver for running back Abner Hayes, linebacker Jerry Hopkins, defensive end Danny LaRose, and a sixth round pick, which was uh, 142 in 68. And then the Dolphins took that pick and they drafted a quarterback, Kim Hammond. In the very next year, in 69, they sent linebacker Jim Bramlett, Kim Hammond. Bramlett uh, started 23 games for uh, the team he went to. Hammond threw six passes, completing two, and he ended up out of the league in 69. It was his last season. Uh, They also received the 107th selection, a uh, fifth-round pick. This was Boston. And uh, they took linebacker Bob Olson. Bob never played a snap in the league. Uh, And all this was done so the Dolphins could acquire Nick Bonacani. Uh, So they got Nick and really gave up absolutely nothing for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, and uh, we know Nick Bonacani and what he became. He became a Hall of Fame football player. The guys that we gave up for him, very, very good, very, very smart trade on our part. I just want to go back to that sixty-seven real quick, uh-huh. Mike, before we move yep. on. Yep. Yeah. What was interesting about both of those trades that you mentioned? Was the fact that uh, we traded both of our quarterbacks, you know, George Wilson Jr. Yeah. and, and Stofan the same year. So that opened the door for Mr. Greasy. But um, yeah, the Bonacani trade was an outstanding trade. It was one of many to come over the next few years, which we'll talk about, that basically solidified our team. They brought in some really, really, I mean, Hall of Fame players. And yeah. uh, we'll get to that. But Bonacani was the glue. You know, he was the the man right in the middle on that uh, no-name defense. So a phenomenal trade, actually, for us.
1: Well, it was. I mean, none of those guys did anything for Boston. None of them. So it really made Miami uh, look smart. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, the next trade that they made, also in 69, they sent uh, Mac Lamb to San Diego for Larry
0: Little. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) Again, I mean, you make two trades in one season – for two hall of fame football players i mean that that's doing your homework and that's i don't know who is responsible for those trades going back to thomas far, joe thomas i mean but i mean just an outstanding job i mean you get a guy like nick monaconi uh, just an incredible incredible football player hall of famer and then you turn around and you get larry little you know basically for for nothing i mean mark lamb i mac lamb i don't I I never heard of the player. He didn't do much. He did not do much. So you get a Hall of Fame player in return for a guy that really didn't bring nothing to the table. Uh, Just an outstanding job.
1: Now, in 1970, uh, Thomas turned around and made a deal with Cleveland. Um, Cleveland received the third overall pick, and they ended up taking Mike Phipps, the quarterback, for him. Right. And uh, in exchange, we got Paul Warfield. So Phipps started 51 games in Cleveland. He went 24, 25, and 2. Uh, Warfield would go on to play 60 games for Miami going to five straight Pro Bowls and cement his uh, Hall of Fame credentials.
0: Yeah, again, uh, here, here's here is our third trade in a row, Mike, over a two-year period where we're bringing in another Hall of Fame football player from another team. And again- Well, wait, know, I,
1: I'm not done. There's another one. Oh, okay. All right. You know, in 70, uh, Don Shula was acquired from the Colts for running back Don McCauley, who was the 22nd overall pick in 71.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, we gave up our first round pick, and in turn, they 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 right. uh, drafted McCauley. Right. Right. He Go played
1: ahead. eleven seasons. Uh, he was basically a short yardage rusher. Mostly, he scored forty rushing TDs and had another seventeen receiving. So they got good use out of him. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, when you look at that trade and you say, would you rather have McCauley or Don Shula? The answer is obvious.
0: Absolutely. And you know, Phipps for Warfield as well. I mean. Yep you know, now we don't know what we would have done had we kept those first round picks. But the point of the matter is this, is that, you know, you're looking now, okay, so let's go, I said three a minute ago, we we have four straight trades where we pick up Hall of Fame players and and a Hall of Fame coach, three Hall of Fame players, a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, you know, that's what paved the way for the Super Bowls, three straight Super Bowl appearances. And, um, two Super Bowl wins and just a very solid team for years thereafter. You know, these were just key, key additions to those football teams. I mean, outstanding players and the greatest coach that's ever played the game. So what a great job they did back then in regard to, um, you know, picking players up.
1: Well, Thomas wasn't done. In 1971, he sent the 51st pick in the second round to Cleveland for linebacker Bob Matheson. Right. The Browns drafted defensive end Lester Sims with the pick who never played an NFL snap. <laughs> Matheson was a key cog for defensive coordinator Bill Arnsberger for years.
0: Yep. And, and going back to 70, Mike, we missed one to Jack Clancy to Green Bay for tight end Marv Fleming. Was another nice pickup because he was, a, he was a nice contributor for a few years, you know, in regard to the tight end position. Uh, he shared time with a few other guys, but he was, Mandage. you know, he was, yeah, him, he, was a, he was a guy that came over and, uh, you know, he came from the Lombardi, Green Bay teams. And, uh, you know, he was a great veteran to have on the football team and another guy that contributed well in those early 70s, on those early 70 teams. So I, I didn't want to overlook him as well.
1: In 72, the Dolphins traded the 26th pick in the 73 draft for Marlon Briscoe, the wide receiver. Mm -hmm. With the 26th pick, the Bills drafted Hall of Fame guard Joe DeLamelier.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice pickup for them.
1: Yeah, that was one we uh, didn't get the better end of.
0: Yeah, but you understood it. I mean, they wanted a guy playing opposite uh, Warfield, and they felt that Briscoe, I mean, he was an outstanding athlete, Briscoe. I mean, I think he came into the league as a quarterback He did come
1: into the league as a quarterback. But, you know, back then, they were real leery about, you know, the African-Americans playing quarterback.
0: Exactly. And, uh, you know, he was just an outstanding athlete. So you kind of understood it. And, you know, you see a pattern here, Mike. You know, the fact that they were not, afraid of giving up number one picks for these veteran players because they did it over and over again they kept giving up draft picks for you know Shula and of course all the players and they weren't afraid to roll the dice and it pretty much the majority of the time it worked out for them so um you know with that being said you know, you win some, you lose some. This is one that, yeah, maybe we lost on, but uh, you know what? We did okay with Kuchenberg and Little at guard. You know, I don't think yeah. that the Lamineer would have even been playing in front of either one of those guys.
1: Yeah, well, they probably wouldn't have drafted the line. To begin with, right? <laughs> in 72, yeah. we sent defensive tackle Frank Cornish to Buffalo for uh, guard center Howard Kindig and a fifth-round pick in the 73 draft. Now, that pick turned out to be Don Strock. Nice. Cornish retired after the 72 season and Kendig never played for Buffalo. Sitting out the 73 season injured, came back in 74 with the Jets and uh, played eight games. Mm-hmm. Yep. So another deal, you know, where they got Don Strock, So they got something out of it. I, I don't think he was what they intended to get out of it, but uh, it certainly worked out for them in hindsight.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Strock was key, you yeah. know, in, in many games as a relief pitcher, you know coming in for greasy, injured, and then, you know, later on with the Woodstock situation. I mean, he, he was, and then, of course, on the sideline during Marino's years, you know, uh, just a key contributor. to. You know, he's part of Dolphin history. Fantastic pickup, I mean, if you think about it, you know.
1: I don't know how well you remember the 72 season, but in the game against New England, the game, we won 52 to nothing. Mm-hmm. Quarterback, their third stringer, Jim Delgezo, uh mm-hmm. played in that game uh, much of the fourth quarter and threw a couple of touchdowns, I believe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: But he had a good game regardless, and mm-hmm. uh, in 73, they sent him uh, to Green Bay, and in exchange for him, they got the 38th pick in 73, which was Andre Tillman, and they got the 36th pick in 74, which was Freddie Solomon.
0: Mm-hmm. Two very, very solid football players. Um, For love, your third-string quarterback. Yeah, exactly. And a guy that really didn't do anything in Green Bay. Right. Uh, you know, the Dolphins dealt a lot of quarterbacks you know, over the, you know, over this little time the frame, years, these, yeah. f- these five years that we that we've discussed. And, you know, the thing is, is when you get a guy like Freddie Solomon, who they, and we'll talk about that trade later on, but Solomon, the few years he was here was just dynamic. Uh, you know, end the rounds. I remember him on just a uh, wide receiver end the rounds just going to the house a few times. He was a great return man and and a really, really solid receiver. So we know his history with San Francisco, but People tend to forget that he started here in Miami. Yep. And and Tillman was banged up quite a bit, but he was a big, strong, a tight end. I absolutely loved him. He just didn't get a lot of opportunities because of injury or whatever the case may be. But he was here and gone after about three or four seasons. And, um, you know, again, another solid football player for basically, you know, we got him for basically nothing. So yep. another nice, solid um, trade there.
1: In 73, we sent uh, Otto Stowe, who was a wide receiver, to Dallas for uh, Ron Sellers and a second-round pick in 74, which was Benny Malone. Mm, Uh, Stowe played seven games for Dallas and was credited with 389 yards on 23 receptions. He played one more season in Denver and was credited with two receptions. Sellers played in three games for Miami and was credited with two receptions. Malone played in 57 games, starting 23. He rushed for two thousand one hundred and twenty nine yards and scored sixteen touchdowns.
0: Yep, very one of my favorite all time players on the Dolphins, especially from that time frame. Um, yeah, I just I just love to watch him run the football and and a steal again. You know, uh, just a great draft pick. You know, as you watch, as you look at these picks, Mike, and you see these trades and what they did with these trades when they got draft picks back for some of these players, they just did such a phenomenal job in the later rounds getting guys that just were key contributors to all of these teams. I mean, you just, you know, uh, uh, they had a lot to do with our success over that, you know, over the 70s, all of these football players we're talking about. So just a phenomenal job, phenomenal job.
1: In 73, uh, they sent running back Hubert Ginn to Baltimore for fullback Don Nottingham and a sixth round pick in 74, which turned out to be Randy Crowder. Mm. Crowder spent three seasons in Miami and then three in Tampa. Ginn was waived and returned to Miami and spent another couple of seasons here before he was picked up by Oakland in 76. He retired in 78 after 15 carries and 59 yards for the Raiders in three seasons. Nottingham spent five seasons in Miami, starting 25 games, gaining 1,524 rushing yards and uh, 213 receiving. Don also added 25 touchdowns on the ground.
0: (laughs) Just another great trade. I mean, the human bowling ball, 25 touchdowns over that little time frame that he was with us. He was a fun guy to watch. He replaced Zonka when he left. He replaced Zonka when he was here and hurt, and he yep. did an outstanding job every time he was on the football field. Uh, you know, another great trade for us, no question. And Randy Crowder, you yeah, know, was a pretty solid player as well before we moved him on to Tampa, I believe.
1: Yeah, he had some issues with the law. He
0: had yeah. drug, yeah. drug
1: things going on.
0: Yeah, he was a really good football player. He just couldn't get it together off the field. Yep. absolutely.
1: 1974, Joe Theismann was sent to Washington for the uh, first pick in 76 with the 17th pick Miami-selected linebacker Larry Gordon. Now, Theismann spent a year in in, um, the Canadian League uh, before going to Washington.
0: Yeah, I mean, Theismann, outstanding quarterback, but uh, Larry Gordon, really, really good linebacker and a guy that, you know, his his life was cut short. He had the heart attack, I believe, while he was jogging right yeah. in the middle of his career just when he was getting to, you know, his prime years, and um, a really, really sad story with him, but just an outstanding player. And, uh, you know, with Greasy being here and, um, you know, well, they if felt—
1: Well, flat out told Joe Robbie, I'm not coming there because I'm not going to sit behind Greasy.
0: Right, exactly. So they really had no choice— but to move him. And Theismann went on and, you know, he was a very, very good football player. You know, Gordon was as well. So, you know, I mean, you measure that one, you look at it and, you know, had Gordon not passed away, you know, we'd probably be looking at this as, you know, probably an even trade for the well, most I, part. I do
1: look at it that way because they had no choice. Right. Uh, they got something for nothing. They weren't going to get Theismann. He, was, he refused to come here. He would have stayed in Canada.
0: Right. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. In '74, defensive tackle Larry Woods to the Jets for the sixth-round pick in '75, the 143rd overall. With that pick, the Dolphins selected linebacker Steve Toll. <laughs> Woods started three games in three years with New York. Toll went on to start 64 games with Miami over his
0: six-year career. Yep, and one of our best linebackers in that short time frame. In
1: that um, short time, yeah, he, he was an MVP for
0: us one year. Yep, um, it just another great trade, and again. Another incredible job by our, our draft people, you know, where they pick up a guy like Steve Toll in the sixth round. I mean, just just in, just a phenomenal job, time and time again with these draft picks. In
1: 1975, we sent a fourth-round pick in 1976 to Philadelphia for Norm Boulash. With the 111th pick, the Eagles selected defenseman Mike Smith, who never played it down.
0: <laughs> and Boulash. We know his history. I mean, he was outstanding for us as a pass catcher out of the backfield and a running back. Um, You know, that time frame with him and Benny Malone and Don Nottingham, they had some big shoes to fill. You know, Mercury uh, was kind of near the tail end, and he was injured quite a bit. Zonka moved on. Jim Kick moved on to the World Football League. So these were guys, Nottingham, who we talked about, Malone, who we already talked about, and now Boulash who filled filled those shoes and they did a really good job. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like having Mercury Morris kicking Zonka back there, but you know, that that wasn't the reason we weren't winning football games. Right, they, they, they were
1: good, solid players. They just weren't the stars that the other guys were.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, but they did a very, very good job for us, all of these football players, all these running backs. So, And Boulash was another one of my favorites.
1: Now, we had a bunch of stuff happen in 76, mm-hmm. um, mostly involving uh, Zonka, Kick, and Warfield. They got compensation uh, for the Giants for signing Larry Zonka. Right. Uh, Miami received two third-round picks, number 64 and 78 and the 63rd pick in 79. Miami selected a defensive tackle, Lyman Smith and Mel Land, the linebacker. Now, neither one of those guys did much of anything for Miami. Mm-mm. In 76, they got uh, compensation for the from the Browns for signing Paul Warfield. Miami received the 93rd and 178 picks in the 78 draft. With those picks, Miami selected cornerback Gerald Small, and tackle Carl Baldischweiler. Small played 104 games. Carl went on to have a nice career with Detroit
0: after failing to catch on with Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Small was part of the uh, Killer B defense. Yep. For
1: Jim Kick, uh, he went to Denver, and Miami received a 333rd pick in 78 and the 215th pick in '79. Miami drafted quarterback Bill Kenny, who had a nice career with Kansas City, mm-hmm. and they also drafted safety Glenn Blackwood, who had become a key piece of the killer B defense.
0: Yep, another guy.
1: Nice pickup. Still in 76, Mercury Morris went to San Diego for a third-round pick, which was the 71st pick in the 77 draft. With that pick, Miami selected tackle Mike Watson, who never played a down. Mercury's last season in the league was '76. He gained 256 yards with the Chargers that year.
0: Yeah, Merck was at the end at that point, and um, he hurt his know, neck. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're starting to see, you know, the team getting dismantled. Obviously, you know, here in '76, I mean, and well, actually, it happened, you know, the year before with the World Football League. But you're starting to see more players. Uh, That were key parts of these Super Bowl teams slowly, but surely, you know, they're getting chipped away and they're getting moved on.
1: Yeah, they still got a third round pick for a guy who was pretty much done. So, you know, that's a win. They
0: just drafted the wrong kid. That's (laughs) correct. One of the few times we missed with these trades. Well,
1: don't worry. It starts to happen more. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
0: Especially of recent years. But go ahead.
1: Yep. In Seventy-six, Jake Scott, in the fourth round pick, in seventy-seven, to Washington for safety Brian Salter, who started six games for Miami. Mm. He was waived and signed by Baltimore, where he started one game. He didn't make it another season.
0: No, yeah. And then again, here's another guy that was a key part of our Super Bowl teams gone, Jake Scott. Um, you know, but again. You know, we, we're gonna I guess over the next few years we're gonna see a lot more of these guys, you know, as we talk about these trades.
1: Uh-huh. Seventy eight, safety Vern Roberson and wide receiver Freddie Solomon. The twenty fourth pick and the hundred and thirty third pick in seventy eight to San Francisco for running back Delvin Williams. Now with the twenty fourth pick, uh, the forty ers selected linebacker Dan Bunce, who started sixty two games in his eight year career. With the hundred and thirty third pick, the Niners selected Bruce Threadgill, who played one season in the league. Solomon went on to start 97 games for San Francisco and total 4,873 yards over eight seasons. Williams played three seasons in Miami before playing one game in Green Bay. He was sensational in 78, gaining 1,258 yards rushing, making the Pro Bowl and All-Pro. From there, it was downhill for him as in 79 he gained 703 yards in 13 games and in 80, he gained uh, 671 in 10 games. It he ended up with 2,632 yards on the ground for Miami and added another 574 yards receiving.
0: Yeah, Delvin, that first season that we traded for him, I mean, it looked like a, a great, great trade for us. But as you mentioned, it kind of went downhill for kinda Delvin. kind of got beat up. Yeah, he got beat up a little bit. But that one season, Mike, he was dynamic. He was one of the best running backs in football you know, he he carried us quite a bit in many of those football games. He, he was dynamic. You know, you gave up a first rounder for him and you gave up Freddie Solomon in the process. So you gave up a lot there to get him. And I understood why they were doing it because they felt that they needed, you know, just a, a game breaker in the backfield. They had it for one season and then injuries did did delving in over the next couple of years, and he was done thereafter. So, uh, you know, kind of a tough trade to evaluate, you know, value-wise. I mean, if you look at it, you know, we don't know what we would have did with that first-round pick. And, of course, you gave up a guy like Freddie Solomon, who would have probably still been there when Marino came in and started playing. He was a really, really solid football player, uh, playing for Montana and San Francisco. But um, you know, you understand their thought process in doing it. Well, running
1: backs generally have a short shelf life, you know, so it's it's hard to be too critical of that trade. Right. But, you know, I mean if you're just looking at production, we got the short end of the deal.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Uh, In 78, Benny Malone and the 132nd pick in 80 to Washington for fullback Jim Braxton and the 80th overall pick in 79. The Dolphins used that pick by sending it to Oakland in 79 for safety Neil Colsey. Braxton played in 10 games starting two. He averaged 2.4 yards per rush. He was basically a goal line guy. Malone only had 27 carries in 78, but in 79, he carried 176 times for 472 yards in his last season in the league. Colsey was unimpressive in his 16 starts in 79, and he was replaced. He finished his career in Tampa.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, at that point, Benny was banged up. He couldn't stay healthy. Uh, They shipped him off to Washington, and he had the same issues out there. Um, you know, so it, it, it that's tough trade. I mean, I hated to see Benny go because you always think that these guys are going to be able to rebound from injuries, and sometimes they just don't. And that was the case with him. Um, there was also another guy from the Super Bowl teams that got dealt in '78. Mike Mandich went to Washington for an yeah. eighth round pick, and again, it's another one of the guys that were key contributor during all the Super Bowl teams, and you know, another guy that off they went you know, as they moved on from those teams.
1: Well, in 79, they sent defensive end Randy Crowder to Tampa for the 61st pick in 79, which Miami used to select running back Tony Nathan.
0: Mm, nice. Great player. I mean, my goodness, Tony Nathan has got to be, you know, we talked about this in one of the previous shows. Yeah. You know, he, he's got to be one of the top 10 players in Dolphin history Just you know, just because he did so many things well for such a long period of time. I mean, you know, the fact that he came in in the 70s and you know, he played pretty much all through the 80s for us and he was very 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 key contributor to a lot of those football teams year in and year out. I mean, just a just an outstanding individual and an outstanding football player. In
1: 79 we sent Leroy Harris to Philadelphia for the 5th round pick in 81 which turned out to be running back Tommy Bigarito. Harris Maybe. started Yep, Harris started 29 games over three seasons with the Eagles and gained 884 yards on the ground and 331 through the air. Figueroa had a four-year career. He was mostly used on special teams, returning 79 punts for a 10.5-yard average. He also returned a few kickoffs when he needed to. On offense, he had 59 receptions for 429 yards and 54 rushes for 215, but he did average four yards of carry.
0: Yeah, Vicky was a fun guy. I mean, he was down on the depth chart, but anytime they called his name, he always seemed to do the right thing and made plays for us, especially in the return game, as you mentioned. Uh, Leroy Harris uh, just had a fumbling problem, and that's why he was dealt and That's out. why you he know,
1: was dealt, yeah.
0: Shula was a no-nonsense guy, and you know Leroy wound up being a pretty solid football player. We thought we were going to have a nice running back there for years to come, but uh, he just couldn't hold on to the football, and, uh, you know, that's the way Shula was. If you couldn't, if you couldn't hold on to the football, you weren't going to play here in Miami. And uh, he made sure that uh, he got rid of guys like that.
1: Now Vicarito was a kid that had a lot of speed, but he ended up uh, tearing an ACL.
0: Yep. And uh,
1: I don't think he ever really fully recovered from that. I think it, it kind of cost him uh, some production later on. A small, small
0: guy. I mean, really yeah. small guy.
1: 1980, running back Gary Davis and cornerback Norris Thomas to Tampa Bay for full bag Jimmy DeBose and uh, the second overall round pick in 81, which uh, didn't turn out to much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Norris Thomas was a guy I, I liked at the cornerback position. Uh, he went on to Tampa and started a couple seasons for them. I thought he was a really solid corner. And Gary Davis is another guy that could not hold on to the football. I believe he had two key fumbles in the playoff game against Houston the year prior. And you knew, you know, he sealed his fate right there with Shula. And lo and behold, he got dealt. And yeah. um, another guy that, you know, I felt was, you know, he, he was dynamic at times. I mean, you know, he, you know, he, he had the ability um but he again he just could not stay away from fumbling the football and again another guy that got dealt out of town for that reason in
1: 81 we traded a second round pick number oh, 43
0: hold, hold on one second mike yeah. um we traded Langer in 1980 which was you know the end of the decade and basically the end of most of those guys that were on the Super Bowl team um i just wanted to mention it because you know it kind of you know, at the end of the decade, Langer was one of the few guys that was still around and he got dealt. And it was an insignificant trade because we got a sixth rounder and um, I believe a fifth rounder the following season. But, you know, it, it was just sad as, you know, you watched one guy after another from those Super Bowl teams, you know, just get to a point where they weren't as productive and, and they got dealt. And it, it, that was the end of the 80s right there with Langer leaving, the guy right in the middle. It's well, kind of significant, yeah, the team, right? the team
1: was definitely turning over.
0: Yep, absolutely, and he was one of the last guys to go. So, anyway, okay, yep, on to, on, on to 81.
1: We traded a second-round pick number 43 and a third-round pick number 69 and 81 and, and a second in 82 to uh, Los Angeles for linebacker Bob Brzezinski and a second-round pick in 81. With that second-round pick, Miami selected fullback Andre Franklin. The third round pick ended up in Washington, who used the pick on lineman Russ Grimm. Mm. The second round pick the Rams used to select right inside linebacker Jim Collins, who started 69 games for the Rams. Uh, the later second was sent to Houston, who drafted quarterback Oliver Luck, who didn't do much during his four-year career.
0: Right, and you know who he is the father of. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's Andrew Luck's father. Uh-huh. But, well, you know, the, the thing about it is this, is that... Um, Uh, Brzezinski just became a very, very solid guy for us on all those killer B defenses. I mean, he played that linebacker position on the outside there, uh, game in and game out, was never hurt, played year in and year out, and I mean, just did an outstanding job from the minute we got him until the very end. And uh, he was just a solid contributor for years on that defense. So when you look back, At this trade, you know, they gave up quite a bit to get him, but he was an outstanding football player. You got a lot of value back for him.
1: And you got Andre Franklin to boot.
0: And you got Andre Franklin, who for those couple of years was our best running back. Again, another guy that couldn't hold on to the football. Yep. it's Contagious. Yeah. We went through a bad period there with guys that constantly fumbled running backs.
1: All right. We haven't gotten Sammy Smith
0: yet, though. (laughs) That's that's a decade (laughs) later, but go ahead.
1: 1981, Steve Toll to Detroit for a ninth round pick, uh, number 239, which Miami used to select offensive guard Steve Clark. Clark played four seasons and started four games. So he was basically a reserve.
0: Yeah. And Toll at that point, you know, he was pretty much done. He was pretty much done. Exactly.
1: Uh, In 84, we traded David Woodley to the Steelers for a third round pick and that uh, turned out to be Sean McNanny. And uh, if you don't know his name, there's a good reason why he didn't do
0: anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Woodley didn't do much either, Mike. No, um, no you know he had he played a season up there, I think. Yeah, he didn't do much. Um, you know, we we were happy to see Woodley go. I mean, he did. He played to the best of his ability, and Shula got the most. I mean, listen, I, if you look around the league, I don't know if there's another head coach that could have gotten as much out of Woodley as Shula did. I mean, he used him perfectly for you know, what his strengths were and what his weaknesses were. And Woodley
1: was an interesting guy, Lewis. He had some games that were spectacular, and he had other games that looked like he never should touch a
0: football again. Absolutely. There's no question about that. Um, you know, his, his passing what, was, you know, I mean, at times, like you mentioned, Mike, I mean, one out of every four games, he just looked really good passing the football. Yep. Uh, he was a great runner. You know, and they did, they just made so many plays that just worked into his favor in regard to end the rounds, to you know, and bootlegs, yes. that type of stuff with Woodley running the show. Like I said, they did a great job with him, but you know, we knew he, he wasn't going to be long for the league. Once they got, they kind of adjusted to what the Dolphins were doing, uh, you know, he, he just wasn't as productive. You know, and he wasn't going to be. So it was smart that, you know, that they understood that and they moved on from him. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, at this point, they had Marino and there was no reason to keep
0: him. Absolutely.
1: Okay. At 84, uh, first round pick, uh, Greg Bell. 84, third round pick, Sean McNanny. 84, third round pick, Robert Speedy Neal to the Bills
0: for Jackie Ship. Hmm. Gosh, one of the worst, one one of the, boy, I, you know, again, Mike, the Dolphins, you know, they did well with Brzezinski. I mean, they, they traded and they weren't afraid to do it, but on this one, you know, they missed, you know, Jackie Ship just, uh, just never, never did much of anything. I mean, just was not the type of running, uh, linebacker that we were expecting. I mean, we were excited. I remember both of us, I mean it was years ago, but we were excited about Ship being here and he just didn't pan out. He just was not a really good tackler or a football player. I don't know well, what the deal ne- was. We
1: needed a linebacker and you know, we absolutely. thought that we were getting a quality guy with the fourteenth pick, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean Dewey was, you know, he was getting up there and he was constantly injured, so we were moving on from him at that point. We felt that this guy was gonna be his replacement and it just never panned out. Yeah. In
1: 84, they sent Daryl Harris to Cleveland for a fourth-round pick, number 91 overall, in the 85 draft. With the 91st pick, Miami selected defensive back Mike Smith, who played 29 games as a reserve.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of an insignificant trade. Yeah. You know, Daryl was at the end. I don't think he did much after we traded no, him. No, he mean, didn't. He was seven years into his career at that point. So, Yeah.
1: In 84, Gerald Small went to Atlanta for tackle Ronnie Lee in a sixth-round pick in 85. Miami selected George Shorthose, whose career total games played is three. (laughs) Short. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Short career.
0: (laughs) Yeah, short career. Yep. And Ronnie Lee was actually a pretty solid player for us, so we did get some value. You know, he played a little bit of tight end, and he played tackle for us. He kind of switched back and forth at times.
1: In 84, Miami sent a second-round pick, number 55, to San Diego for fullback Pete Johnson. Big Pete. Yep. San Diego selected defensive back Jeffrey Dale, who played three seasons and started 34 games. Mm-hmm. Johnson scored nine touchdowns from Miami in 84, primarily used at the goal line, and retired after the season.
0: Yeah, he retired. (laughs) It's funny because when I sat down with Pete, he was never happy with Shula and being here in Miami. He just did not get a... He didn't go to the beat of Shula's drum. You know, he wouldn't take the nonsense that these other guys were doing and they kind of butted heads and he was done. But... You know, for that half a season or that two-thirds of a season that he played for us, he was a short-yardage guy. And he, as you mentioned, he had nine touchdowns. He did the job every time he came in for the most part in those situations. So, you know, a solid player for a short time.
1: 1985, the rights to Anthony Carter went to Minnesota for uh, linebacker Robin Senlein, uh, second-round pick in 86. Yeah. Uh, Miami traded along with the first round pick, number 25, to Tampa for U Green. Tampa used those picks to select Rod Jones, cornerback, and Kevin Murphy. Rod started 28 games in three seasons for Tampa before moving on to Cincinnati, where he played seven more seasons. Kevin started 64 games in his eight year career.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, U Green, we'll start with him. Um, You know, he was solid player when we picked him up another guy we were extremely excited about about, because we had no pass rush I mean Bonhauer was getting up there uh dealing with injuries constantly Bo Camper same thing Dewey was gone we had no pass rush whatsoever and you Green coming over from Tampa. He was phenomenal and, oh, in Tampa. Oh my goodness. And he was phenomenal in college. I mean, when we traded for him, we were like, "My god, this is going to th- this is great. We're getting the second coming of Lawrence Taylor." And uh, you know, that obviously didn't pan out. I mean, a very solid player for us, but not what we were expecting. Not the
1: impact pet player that not, we thought we were ex- getting.
0: Exactly. Now, ugh, the Anthony Carter thing just, you know, for Robin Sedline, I mean, You talk about a guy, Mike, that just said line just was not a good football player. I think he was here for one season and gone. Yep. Um, You know, Anthony Carter, everybody knows what his history was. And if you throw in the fact that you could have had Duper Clayton and Anthony Anthony Carter Carter. on the field with Marino, you're thinking to yourself, my goodness. I mean, who do you cover in that situation? I mean – you know, it, it's interesting how history, you know, uh, you know, it, it just moves on from from what you did. And it would have been real interesting to see Anthony Carter in a Miami Dolphin uniform with Marino throwing to him all of those years, especially when Duper and Clayton were still productive. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you think about it back then, I mean, Nat more was near the end. And then yep. they brought in guys like, um, oh, God, who was the receiver that just kept dropping passes?
1: There was a few, Mike Williams. There was a bunch of them.
0: Yeah, there was Mike Williams. There was the kid, I uh, was his name, Andre Brown. I don't know. There was a ton yeah. of guys that they tried to put into that, that third receiver situation there. And, you know, I mean, if you look, you look at the guys that they had, and you look at Anthony Carter and you're like, my goodness, could could a team have stopped us? I mean, we could have threw the ball 50 times a game and I don't know if we could have been stopped. So, it, not a good trade. You know, not a good trade. I mean, you know, I understand maybe why they did it because we were needing linebackers well, yeah, It was a time. strength.
1: It was a strength.
0: But I think they reached a little bit with Rob and Sedline, Mike, you know, and uh, well,
1: History you know, says they made a big mistake.
0: <laughs> absolutely. There's no question about it. I mean, Mike, even when they traded for Said line, we were like, "Who? You know, yep. who? I mean, I, I didn't know who he was, and you know, we were following football. So, yeah, this goes down as one of the worst ever, in in my opinion. You know, as far as our uh, yeah, history is I'd concerned, i have to
1: agree with that. I think it was a horrible trade.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, Louis. So that that brings us to uh nineteen ninety, and I think what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and pause the uh, rest of it and save it for next week. Uh, And uh, you will go from 1990 until the uh, current year.
0: Okay, sounds good. All right. So,
1: you know, I want to thank everyone for listening. Louis, thank you for joining me.
0: Very welcome. Always a pleasure.
1: And uh, let's hope everybody stays safe safe, and uh, healthy.
0: Yeah, let's get this football season going in a few weeks. You know, it's... Yeah, you know, we we got to pray that that things, you know, start going in the right direction here, you know? Yep. I mean, baseball's supposed to start up in a few weeks and hopefully that goes well and they don't have any negative things coming from it in regard to guys testing positive over and over again and teams getting depleted, um, you know, that's going to go a long way, Mike, Um, you know, as to how the baseball season unfolds, as to, you know, what they look at in regard to football. So it is a positive that they're starting up. Um, Hopefully it stays a positive, you know, because they can gauge it and maybe not make the same mistakes that uh, baseball did and uh we have a football season in front of us i mean you know we, we well the
1: thing that's going to be tricky lou is they they have offered the players an out so if if one of the players or a bunch of players decide that they don't want to play they will actually suspend their contracts and it will pick up where it left off uh next year right you know they may have some spots they have to fill with guys off the street and that can, that can get tricky
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, Mike, the whole thing is tricky because if you start having starting quarterbacks uh, that that are that are choosing to sit out or, you know, e- even star defensive players and uh, running backs and receivers, you start seeing that happen. Or your left
1: tackle and your center. I mean, it, you know, it yeah, could really hurt a team. It could really, you know, cripple a team. So a- it's going to be interesting to see where it
0: goes. Yeah, and, and, you know, the question becomes at that point is – you know what do you do as a team you know what is he, what do you do as a league because obviously it affects you going forward i mean uh you know draft pick wise um you know everything i mean you know there's there's just so many different avenues contracts whether you know, whether you, you know, uh, how it's going to affect your well, contract it won't, it won't affect the,
1: It won't affect the contract. Contract will stay the same. It'll just pick up where you left off. In other words, like the year never it never happened.
0: Right, exactly. They're, they, they're giving them the opportunity to sit it out without affecting anything in regard to their contract. So if they right. have one year left on their contract, They'll then... They'll still have it. it right. To, to 2021 is when, you know, when it'll be void after they play that season. But, what I'm saying, Mike, is is in regard to what how it's going to affect free agency and so on and so forth and the market and whatnot, yep. because you're going to have guys that you were expecting to be free agents. Now, they're not going to be free agents now. You know, so, I mean, it's really, really going to be interesting to see how teams deal with this. I mean, it just brings a completely different element into strategies and whatnot. Yep. You know, and, and then of course you gotta look at college football as well. You know, how are they gonna handle this whole situation and, and whether these guys that are gonna be seniors, you know, and the quarterbacks that are coming out next year, you know, if they're gonna be play be able to you know, if they're gonna be able to play full seasons or if it's just gonna be a half a season for them or a shortened season. All right, so All right, yeah. so we're done, Lewis Yeah, I think so. You yeah, know, let's, right. let's 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 uh we'll pick this back up next week, like you said.
1: All right. So with that, fins up, everybody.
0: Fins up, Dolphins.
1: All right. So that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Podcast Network.